Ladies and gentlemen, nerds of all ages, welcome to Nerds Talking Wrestling. Host, myself, DJ Bush, and the co-host with the co-most, the beautiful Stefan Allen. Stefan, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Uh, I'm doing great myself, and you know, uh, the last episode we did, we talked about those shiny things that grown men or professional wrestlers love to collect, known as championships. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do, sir. Yes, I do. Well, then you remember, probably in the same time I do, shortly after recording, we forgot to talk about a brand new championship that was introduced. Yes, we did. And that championship being the Impact Wrestling the Impact. Multimedia Championship. My eight-year-old brother-in-law looked at me and was like, DJ, it's the big gold mix, the AEW, and they threw a little bit of a hacker style on it. I was like, okay, kid, you just described this belt amazingly because that's exactly what they did. They, I feel like they took a little bit of the big gold a little bit of the AEW and just threw a circuit board on there and made it look even better. Uh, the first person I thought of when I saw that title was yourself. Uh, so what's your opinion on the multimedia championship? I think it's a dope idea. Um, it's actually the official name of it is the Impact Digital Media Championship, and they kind of released a little information on why they went with such a tongue twister of a name. Uh, I guess it's because it is to be defended not only on the internet, but on social media as well, because they are trying I to push mean, their social media and internet platforms. It can be defended on TV as well. So it's basically TV, internet, social media. Uh, I was able to pick, like I said, a less tongue twisting name. But um, I like Very the concept. I, I like the name because a lot of people are saying they should have went with the internet championship. And I feel like nowadays the internet's kind of dead. When Zach Rock brought the internet title, uh, which we will talk about that in a minute, I thought it was amazing. But the internet is kind of dead. It's not really the internet anymore. It's social platforms. It's digital media it's not the internet that so i kind of feel like they with them naming that it's kind of them having their foot in the in, set in the future and i've i've always felt like ever since it was tna they were kind of always doing things that shouldn't have been done that was always kind of one or two steps into the future i mean I, this, this is true uh one of the reasons first Things that I thought of when I seen it uh, was uh, my local promotion. Shout out to All Pro Wrestling or APW for short as we call it. But they have an internet champion and the belt um, has similar has a similar design. I think the, mo- the, the similarities is the circuit board uh, agronography or design to it. Uh, you said so- APW for fans that don't know. Isn't it where that where the current MLW world champion came from? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, also the former, uh, Jacob Fatu, uh, has appeared at, on a, uh, APW cards as well. Uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, he was their world champion when he first got the MLW title, wasn't he? Didn't that he is hold those cor- belts simultaneously? 
That is correct, sir. Um, there's a long list of, of people um, that have appeared or have been involved with APW. Another famous name is Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, but to get back to their internet championship, um, it's on my personal goal list as we talked about like on the last episode. Um, but I think that um, you can't go wrong with a, a digital media championship. Like you said, the internet is not uh, anymore in the same way that VCRs and radios aren't really what they used to be anymore. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's definitely a progressive uh, Smartphones title. killed the uh, internet. I mean, you know, uh, what was it that they said? Uh, what was the old saying? Uh, Video killed the radio star? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you could say that uh, the influx now of of social media, you know, and, and smartphones and tablets and things like that, yeah, you could say that it has essentially killed the internet. But that's that's the way of technology in the world, so... Very true, and uh, when I said that we would speak of the Zack Ryder, something that happened a couple weeks ago, Zack Ryder lost his internet championship to Effie, so therefore his 10-plus year reign as internet champion has came to the end, one of the longest reigns in the modern era. I'm throwing it out there, I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of Zack Ryder slash Matt Cardona. To that, all I have to say is he's doing his job. He is supposed to be a heel since leaving the WWE, and this man's heel work is on another level. I mean, it's funny that you... How do you feel about his heel work? It's funny that you bring him up. uh, I mean, on the same topic of the Digital Media Championship, it is... Tournament is set up right now to name the first ever Impact Digital Media Champion, and a lot of people on social—I mean, on social media—have mentioned that oh, maybe that's a belt for Zack Ryder to win or Matt Cardona to win. Now that he's going by his government name, um, see, I've seen that. I, I I saw that, and a lot of people were kind of downgrading the names that they were throwing in it. Uh, I've seen that people threw Petey Williams' name into that. Brian Myers, also known as Kurt Hawkins, Eric Young. A lot of people said, is this going to be a belt that those type of people hold? And they were saying it as a bad thing. Personally, if the people like Matt Cardona was to win it, then say he passes on to Brian Myers and Petey Williams and then Eric Young, those are four great champions that any title that they have a lineage of is an amazing belt. Right, and I understand that, but I'm one of the people um, in the populace uh, that you just mentioned that I think that it, it should be a belt that, um, and it's cliche to say this because we throw this around a lot, but I think it's a belt that should be put on somebody that is a little bit more new. Um, if I had a choice in impact, uh, somebody like a, a Chris Bay or a, a, a Willie Mack or just somebody that is more of the newer generation because the, let's face it, the, the newer Newer that is privy to using digital media or social media probably doesn't really know who Eric Williams, you know, Eric Young or, or Petey Williams or some Petey of those Williams. older, um, 
older individuals are, like you said, but also those individuals have been staples of, of, of TNA in the past. You could easily, you know, subscribe to Impact Plus and watch when Eric Young was, you know, champion. Impact World Champion. Right, you know. Or, or, he was or, TNA or, champion. And uh, speaking of Eric Young, have you seen the skit that he's done with D'Lo Brown? Yes, I have. When uh, he was champion, he was kind of looking to fight everyone, and he walks up to D'Lo Brown in the gas station. He's like, oh, man, it's CeeLo Green. It's CeeLo Green's right here. And he's like, no, Eric, I'm D'Lo Brown. I'm a producer for the company. You literally see me every day. You know who I am. And he just kept on going, it's CeeLo Brown. It's CeeLo Green. It's CeeLo Green. And uh, that's back when CeeLo Green was very popular, more than just being – a judge on The Voice. He was actually a very well put together singer, I thought. I've, his song F.U. is still the soundtrack to my life. Even when everything is just going fine. Fine, you know, you just have to belt out that fuck you and fuck him too. And like, it's, that song is not even a breakup song. It's just a get you hype song. You know, for people out there that don't want to know a little also a singer, but he is a rapper as well, and a rapper that one of the greatest uh, rap factions or stables in the history of rap music called Goody Mob. Uh, most Atlanta or Atlanta people know about some Goody Mob, but if you are somewhere maybe in Timbuktu or Alaska and want to know what is Goody Mob, look up Goody Mob and you'll learn a lot more about CeeLo as well. Um, back on topic, I just think that, um, like I said, a belt like that on somebody who, again, might unless following of you know a hundred thousand or you know maybe even more. I feel like it's more in line with what they're trying to do. I mean, I don't know how many Twitter followers Eric Young has, but I would think that a, a, a Chris Bay. Who was a very popular uh, African American wrestler in Impact? You know, he got big off the of YouTube videos, same as William. Yeah, he's, yep. uh, but, he's uh, also a former uh, ex champion. I feel like that's what you would want to go for with a digital media championship. Is well, somebody that's, you I know. I feel like if you're going over with a digital media championship, you should kind of look at those guys. Uh, I'm going to use uh, Fuego del Sol. From AEW, uh, have you ever seen his trampoline yes, wrestling mm-hmm. days? Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're gonna go with someone like that, you should use someone who used digital media to get over. That's why I think having Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona be your first champion would set the bar, and then he could easily lose it to Chris Bay or lose it to Willie Mac. I mean, personally, I think Matt Cardona versus Chris Bay. That's not a digital media championship match. That is a world championship caliber match. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, I think that that kind, you know, I think the only thing with with Matt doing it is is fickle. Wrestling fans are it'll be somebody that hey, he he ain't doing nothing with his same stick from WWE when he was. I mean, that wasn't even a WWE sanctioned championship. That was something that he came up with on his own. Yeah, I mean, he originally over. used the internet to get him over to bring that title. And when he left WWE or was given his release, 
he was kind of in a hard spot. It's like, yeah, he showed up at Impact for a little bit. Yeah, he showed up in AEW. But he really didn't have anything to get over. And then he started going to Twitter. He started agonizing the deathmatch, the GCW scene. And he used his Twitter and his social media to be like, oh, I'm still around. He used the uh, Major Brothers podcast to get out there again. If we're using a social uh, thing where you're, we're supposed to use social media to look at this belt, Matt Cardona is my personal pick because he used social media to rejuvenate his career. Agreed. I mean, I, again, I think that if, if I was somebody booking uh, – this tournament, whether I book him to win it, I would at least book him to be in it uh, for all of the reasons that we have listed. So, um, And book his GCW Universal title to appear. I, so, are they two separate, so are they two separate belts? Because is, is, I was under the, the impression that when he debuted that, that it was basically just a re another iteration of his internet championship belt he was just calling it, it 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 is but it's different it's kind of what he's doing with this is what he was doing with the internet title but he lost the internet title to Effie because if you see because Effie has used a huge internet presence and is really deserving uh Effie is an LGBTQA+ wrestler and I personally love him. Uh, he There's this move where he kind of gets on the top turnbuckle and he wraps his legs around his opponent's head and then bends his knees, causing his opponent to kiss his ass. I, oh, I wow. think he's great. Uh, a lot of people don't like him only because his gimmick is being a And I love it because you look at people like Pat Patterson, who couldn't be a gay man in professional wrestling. I mean, look at 1990s, Chris Candino uh, just talked about on Dark Side of the Ring. He was a gay man that couldn't be a gay man in professional wrestling. It really took until 2015, 20, maybe even the 2020. It's taken six, seven years recently is how long people have been actually able to be out and be like, oh, my gimmick is I'm myself, get over it. Uh, there's a professional wrestler who uh, is also part of the LGBTQA+. Her name is Casey Dillon. She runs the Belladonna division in uh, Alabama, and she she's amazing. And her gimmick is she's just out there being herself, and that's what gets you over, being yourself. Yep, which is what we talked about uh, on a previous episode that we just dropped about, you know, uh, being the first you and and fitting out or uh, fitting in if that's what you feel like you, you as a person, you know, want to do. But um, you mentioned the gay or the LG. Ah, man, there's so many letters to it now, but uh, Sunny Kiss. Is somebody who oh I my, would think oh my god right now I, love I would think somebody I would think that that is somebody right now that is benefiting from um, the the slight change in ideology because I don't like you said I don't think took Sandy Kiss and did a multiverse what if kind of situation and threw um, him back 
to 91, it might be a character on TV in the very same way that Goldust was put on TV, but it wouldn't be. I'm so um, glad you brought that up. You know, we went from being in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s where being gay would put you as in the category of Goldust being bizarre or even back then being a heel. Jim Cornette was talking about how he used to get heat in the southern states was he would give a hug to to uh, all the members of the Midnight Express and have pat him on the butt and everyone when he started patting him on the butt people started going crazy it's like oh they're they're a bunch of homosexuals and then he started kissing him on the cheek to really make people think that they were gay and to get heat and my personal opinion that's wrong uh i'm not a gay man so i can't really express how it would be from a gay man's perspective but as a straight man i find that wrong and as a white man i kind of think it's wrong when you use race to get someone to get heat i don't feel like race religion or sexual preference should be used to get heat or even really to get over like if you want the fans to know that's who you are that's perfectly fine but your gimmick needs to be something different except for sunny kiss and effie they are those lines where the gimmick suits them and I could not see them doing anything else that would get over as much as just being themselves. I think that again, because like we talked about with the 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 origin of this show and, and, and the name in itself, nerds talking wrestling, you gotta think that uh, being a nerd or just being or Represent basically what I'm saying is representation. There's nerds of all shapes, colors, sizes, and creed orientations, and you know it's important to be able to see uh, somebody who you identify with in you know in any form of media nowadays. You know, I, we talk comics, and I, I think we've talked on several episodes before about uh, some of the changes that Marvel has made in the comics. You know, I think, yeah, we mentioned before about uh, Sam Wilson and, and the change of the Captain America character. Uh, what about, also- we talked about Sam Wilson, but you know something that we never really talked about? What about Wally West? Uh, they changed him in the Ch- Flash TV show to be biracial, and then they kind of changed him in him and Iris in the comics to be biracial. And personally, I love that we have a Black Flash. I, I love Wally West, and I think I even love him more now that they made him uh, biracial. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in that same breath, we talked about uh, Miles Morales coming after uh, Peter Parker in in Marvel as well. Those are all situ- those are all perfect examples and exhibit A, Bs, and Cs of what I'm talking about is about representation and being able to be a kid and you know, um, be able to see yourself in your favorite superheroes. I mean, again, you know, my favorite superhero is, is, is Tony Stark is, is Iron Man, but at the same time, right behind that, it may be one in one a is, is black Panther. So some people would be like, well, I get, I bet you see more of yourself in, in T'Challa than you do in Tony Stark. And honestly, 
No, actually, Tony is more like I've mentioned before. Tony is more what I wanted to be and what I'm, you know, aiming to be. Um, even in in my wrestling is, you know, it's so that somebody uh, be like, wow, the black guy has the white guy, or as I understand in the comics, Tony is considered Latino. But it's just it would probably be shocking that people would be like, oh, your black black is probably your favorite superhero. I'm the same yeah. way. Uh, I kind of go I. Real, I relate more to the black superheroes because they're always the one that has the backstory of being abused at home, growing up in a impoverished area, stuff like that. They always just have this story that really hit, hits home more with me, you know. And but to shift a little bit back to the wrestling side, uh, do you have Twitter or at least uh, follow up on Twitter every now and then? I, I don't have a Twitter, but I mean, you again, we live in a world where you don't necessarily really need to have a Twitter to know what's going on on Twitter. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but the reason I bring up Twitter, there is a certain wrestler by the name of Johnny Gargano that took NXT slash WWE superstar off his bio and just put pro wrestler. Uh, Johnny's name is, of course, Johnny Wrestling. And it, it's always I've always wondered why he stuck around the company up north uh, as long as he has because as we know Vince McMahon hates the word pro wrestling and Johnny Gargano is Johnny Wrestling. There was a time where it was kind of I've heard that it was pitched that John that Vince wanted him to become Johnny Sports Entertainment. I wouldn't put it past Vince. Um... Kind of talked about this, uh, so, uh, I think the, an underlying theme is antiquated uh, thinking, antiquated uh, concepts and idea and ideologies. Um, Vince has a lot of weird ideas for a lot of people. Um, he wanted Adam I mean, Cole he, to he wanted Adam Cole his head and be Keith Lee's manager. Um, so there you. He also but, thought it was okay to be do an incest angle with his daughter. So, oh I mean, man, Vince, we could we could do multiple we could do many episodes about the convoluted uh, ideas of Vince McMahon. Um, but the point that I wanted to speak on is, um, and I think a, a future episode about this is is for sure in the works is uh, social media etiquette when you are a professional wrestler, if you pay attention to your favorite wrestler or not even your favorite wrestler, maybe your least favorite wrestler, you can notice some trends and some patterns that seem like they are just kind of synonymous with social media. And one of them is, is when you are usually on, like not really happy with somebody who uh, signs your checks and cuts your checks, you uh, tend to uh, distance yourself by, as Mr. Gargano has done, taking away mention of being in NXT or being a WWE and, superstar. And he just posted a picture the other day on Instagram uh, adding his wife's tag team title to his NXT trophy case. Yes, And then I he said, see that. What co- what's coming next? What's next? Um, again, another uh, another uh, ploy or uh, play currently ran is is subliminal. My favorite uh, that is is I think the greatest at it uh, is Bray Wyatt. Um, he is really great at uh, posting poetry and haikus and song lyrics um, that are usually very cryptic. 
but uh, we'll give you a lot of blues clues as to what is next or what's going on. So uh, we'll definitely have an episode uh, about that. Very true. Uh, there's one person that I really loved. I know we both don't like the whole prison being a WWE pr- as a prison metaphor, but there's one person I do have to give the credit for, uh, Buddy Matthews, his promo statement being Josiah, his promo with Josiah Williams and everything. When it's like, how long has he been locked up here? And they listed five years, some odd month, and then we gave him an extra 90 days just to be sure. And, right. Uh, and I and thought I, that I, was amazing. I, I, we, I know we talked about it before, um, but I think that I, it's not that I have a problem with the – the only thing I have a problem with when it comes to the metaphor is they're saying that they were in a, they were in a prison. And I get why they're saying that they were in a prison is because WWE. They were in a creative prison. Right. But at the same time. They weren't allowed to be themselves. But I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I think it it also maybe you can also maybe look at just the overall business and how it functions, period, as being prison. Um, I mean, you obviously we saw the saga with the um, with Paige and Zelina Vega about uh, streaming. And being not being able to make extra income outside of what it is that you get um, from the company, stuff like that. I just think that prison, you don't, when you think about that, you're in there and you really don't have an opportunity to get out. You know what I'm saying? But for them, a lot of them, they re upped or re signed at different points. So it's like, were you really in prison or were, were you really being held against your will or did you hold yourself against your, like your you own said, will? I you really like how you said the, the business in general can be prison because I would say that. I would say that the wrestling business is prison just by off what you said. When you're in, you're in. There is no getting out. You're not. You're never getting out. You can retire, and you can leave the ring. But we all know, you. If you're a true professional wrestler, you can never just walk away from the business. Even that, when you retire, you're true. still going to go to an indie show every week. You're still going to try try I mean, going or to even, just to hang out with the boys. Or you know, even on you know, even you know, more of on the, the plateau that we're talking about right now. You know, you mentioned earlier. Um, uh, the case of Jacob Fatu being uh, champion for APW at a time where he was also on his way to MLW or MLW's champion. And that's what you and we're helping y'all really understand the business. That's the difference between having an exclusive contract to a promotion and a non-exclusive contract. And if you know the difference between... I'm so glad you said MLW don't mean to cut you off but i have some actually really big news it's kind of involving uh mlw do you know well now it's to jerry but do you know the former nwl middleweight champion myron reed hot fire myron yes sir well uh if some people look into his early independence day he used to tag with a person called mickey muscles okay it is confirmed. We have to hash out the dates. Mickey Muscles will be joining Nerds Talking Wrestling for an interview. Ooh, big things, big what's, things. What's really cool about this is Mickey Muscles is trying out, I think in about a week, 
for Impact Wrestling. That's a big move. Big moves being made. I like that. Wrestled in Mexico, all over the country. Uh, Just a little shout out. But uh, I I do have a very important question for you, Stefan. What's that question, sir? Uh, When it's uh, sports season, what's your favorite part about sports season? The, the the NBA draft draft uh, who doesn't love the well, draft well if you're a wrestling fan the draft is bittersweet sometimes and that's what we're diving into today, ladies and gentlemen we got all the just bullshitting out of the side so let's dive the WWE draft me and Stephen both have uh, the draft rosters in front of us what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a, mo- a little moment to scan it over because I don't want to do – we're not going to give it an order as they came out. I thought it would be kind of cool to uh, – I'll break down the Raw side. You break down the SmackDown side. I'll make a pick, and you will give me someone that you think is equ- equivalent or better th- than that pick to kind of go up with it. Okay. Uh. But first things first, the first pick is just an honorary mention that I'm going to throw out there to start off with. And that will be the man I was so excited to see got drafted, uh, Gable Stevenson. Mm. Gable Stevens. I'm so – yes, Stevenson. I'm so excited. Do you know about this man? Yes. Uh, yes, I know his uh, know his story. He's in a uh... – or you can go ahead and drop some some. Uh, he is details. an Olympic gold medalist. Just won it over the summer in Tokyo. He is the current gold medalist and world champion for the, the, the NCAA Division One men's wrestling from the University of Minnesota. This man is only twenty-one years old. He is an Olympic gold medalist. He is one of the best. Actually, he is the best amateur wrestler in the world, uh, current NCAA champion. But let's kind of break that. This is the second ever gold medalist. And even Kurt Angle wasn't as decorated as Gable Stevenson. Um, he also comes from the same uh, NCAA school as Brock Lesnar. I was going to get to that. Not only... Brock Lesnar, he also comes from the same NCAA school that Shelton Benjamin went to and sometimes goes down there and helps coach. That is correct. That is, so that's a nice little uh, uh, nice Lesner, little class to come Brock from. Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin actually uh, put WWE on to his radar. He was always on WWE's radar, but there was a time where they didn't really know if he wanted to go to WWE. And I'm talking to Brock and Shelton and Kurt Angle. He knows all three of those men very well because of the amateur wrestling background. So let's throw that out there. Gable Stevenson, who would you think from the SmackDown side of things would have been a, a great draft pick to come to come back with that? Um, you know, see, my thing is, I'm I'm gonna go through this, but I, when we get to the SmackDown side of things, you'll you'll really kind of understand how I feel. I'm actually not very happy with this draft, even looking at the raw part of it uh, now. Uh, 
I'm gonna just leave it there. But I will say, um, if and, and to match that spot, um, maybe uh, I think they changed his name. Actually, um, his name was uh, uh, Parker Bordeaux, but now his name is Harlan. Uh, the Brock Lesnar lookalike who was using social media to kind of, you know, get himself over. He was paired up with Eva Marie in a lot of pictures. Um, I just think because both of them uh, have amateur wrestling backgrounds, obviously, uh, I'm going to call him Parker because I don't really like the Harlan name. But um, they're pretty much even kill right now, except for the gold medal part and the, all of that. But I think that neither one of them's wrestled. Uh, an actual professional wrestling match before. And I think that if you're just going off of hype of, you know, outside of wrestling, those two are kind of in the same ballpark right now. I, I personally think that Gable that Gable should have been drafted to NXT. I think that that was an opportunity in the draft that was really missed. Uh, was That would have been a perfect hit for NXT, uh, seeing as he – still needs to go through, you know, or should be going through developmental, but obviously he's getting skyrocketed straight to the main roster. So, uh, you know, we'll see if there's only been so many individuals that have kind of skipped over, you know, uh, developmental, whether it was FCW back in the day or NXT straight to the main roster. So I think it was more of a pick just off of name and off of, 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 notoriety and less of Kurt like, Angle didn't even skip developmental. Kurt Angle was in developmental before getting called up. Right. Um, a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that um, in that situation, if we're talking about a, an equal pick, uh, I would, I would have said, yeah, I think he had big, I think he had made, I think he had got himself over enough. On, like I said, on uh, Parker or Harlan now got, it had himself over on social media. I was following him on Instagram. He was, Posting flex pictures with Eva Marie, I thought that you know a lot of people thought that maybe she he would debut with her in the you know maybe in the same spot as Dewdrop is in, but um, no, I think that that would be the pick that I would have chosen to kind of go alongside that pick. Uh, now let's just break in. I'm gonna do some mentions of people that I really don't care about. They're just throwing them on Raw just to. Give Raw more people, but you have Akira Tozawa, Alpha Academy, that is Otis and Chad Gable, Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz, Dewdrop, Drake Maverick, John Morrison, Nia Jax, Reggie, R-Truth, T-Bar, Selena Vega, and then for SmackDown, Aaliyah, Drew Gulak, Mace, Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, and Tony Storm, okay. and then from night, from night two... For Raw, it's Dana Brooke, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. Jackson Riker can't stand the guy. They just need to shove him out the door. Veer, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Tamina, Tegan Knox, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. The Miz. And then SmackDown got Shotzi, Natalia, Jinder Mahal, and Shanky. Can we, can we talk about the worst mistake? That WWE did in the whole draft, breaking up Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. I mean, I 
that's one of them I would say, and I'm going to just go ahead and, and kind of, you know, take the ball right now. Um, I think that the biggest mistake that they had was having this draft anyway. And here's exactly why. When you mentioned some of the names that you just mentioned, especially on the raw side of the situation, got it. Um, draft picks were really wasted. Uh, the raw tag team champions, being, hold on, the raw tag team champions being drafted to raw. Uh, why? Why waste the draft pick on that? Uh, also, uh, the Miz. Last time we seen him, he was already on the Raw roster. Uh, I think it's dumb that they switched up the women's champions. Oh, uh, I mean, well, you know what they they. Some people say, oh, well, I've seen people say, oh, well, they'll just do what, uh, what New Day and uh, the Street Profits did and just trade the belts. And a lot of people didn't really like that. I actually thought that that one time that they did that was okay because they're pretty much equal or they pretty those two teams were pretty much equal. But I think that this maybe opens up an opportunity to maybe, quote unquote, unify the belts again, you know, maybe two belt Becky or maybe two do, belt somebody else this time. Do they actually unify the women's belt into just one belt for both shows? I think while I'm a fan of the, the, the unification concept, I think that the women's division, in the same way that the tag team division, like I honestly believe that there should be one pair of tag team titles because on both sides, of on both brands, there's usually two. The way it usually is is there's usually maybe three full teams on both rosters, uh-huh. and there's two that the belts kind of bounce in between. I think personally, if I was booking – the, the two rosters, there would at least there would be eight teams, eight teams in total for four per roster. At least two of the they at least two of the four. Well, I mean, bounce between any but same with the wild card rule kind of situation. But at the same time, I mean, yes. like if the, the four on SmackDown, there would be a, a top two, and then the the, the three. Four would be maybe one kind of up and coming team, for example, like a, a Mansoor and a uh, and a Ali, and then maybe behind that a, a, a Dominic Mysterio, a Dominic Mysterio and Ray, so that it's like you could possibly see uh, uh, the and the and the the grow into being a tag team champion one day and and have some interesting kind of uh, interactions with the other three teams and vice versa to where all the teams kind of are in a tag team division and they actually have an actual credible chance versus it kind of just being, you know, the New Day and the Usos on SmackDown and then there's like all these other teams that are just kind of hanging out behind them because that's going to happen. You know, but I mean, some of, the, some, of the other, some of the other names that I think that are just kind of was really kind of wasted picks. Uh, Bobby Lashley, where where has he been at already? He was already on Raw. Why did you need to waste a draft pick on Bobby Lashley? Uh, Cedric Alexander, where was he at already? He was already on Raw. All these picks where people were already on that brand, given that the draft doesn't take – I mean, these – Picks don't take uh, into effect until October 22nd. Why waste draft picks on people that were already on your roster already? 
I feel the same way. Kind of what I think WWE should do is unify the Universal and WWE Championship. Just make it the world, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, point blank, and have each show the mid card belts, the Intercontinental and the United States, be that show's world title type thing. Because if you have the Intercontinental, you're the best on SmackDown. If you have the United States, you're the best on Raw. But if you have the world title, you're the best in all of WWE. Right, and that's not a bad, you know, that's not a bad concept. But I think a lot of people, when that is proposed, will say, uh, well, there's not enough quality contenders for one. No, as if you look at the draft, if you look, if if we want to look at SmackDown right now, uh, after let's for example, if you want to look at SmackDown right now and the the possible contenders that we have for wrong for and the Universal Championship after this draft, you have, and I'm just looking at the list, Sheamus as a possible contender. You have. Cesaro, who is already on SmackDown, another wasted pick. You have Nakamura, already on SmackDown, another wasted pick. You have Jeff Hardy. That's that's it. That's it. And, I mean, you have Brock as a free agent, which isn't Brock always a free agent? Isn't Brock always given the right to do what he wants to do? Oh, here's another name that I didn't mention, which I kind of feel like this was the only SmackDown draft pick that was big. But, I mean, again, where was he going? Was Drew McIntyre. And Drew has recently talked about wanting to face Roman and, and possibly being a contender for the United States Championship. So, when you really look at it, I feel like SmackDown really got the short end of the stick um, because, uh, again. Because let's look at Raw. Let's look at Big East contenders. AJ Styles. You can make an argument for Apollo Crews. Kevin Owens. Bobby Lash- Bobby Mysterio. Lashley, Bobby Cedric Lashley. Alexander. You could make an argument for Cedric Alexander. Uh, Damian Priest, you could make an argument for Dolph Ziggler, Edge, Finn Balor, John Morrison, you could really make an argument for Keith Lee, you could make an argument for Owens. Right. So you see Corbin, the example. I mean, so imagine if we then took the what if scenario that you just mentioned of unifying both the belts, then you would have, again, you would have a pool of, again, more raw superstars holding or more raw superstars uh, build, build the pool of contenders. But again, that's kind of the situation that that would would you know that would that's what you would basically establish then by doing that, which is why I feel like I mean same thing with the women. If we look at the women who have been moved, uh Becky's on Raw now, uh but Bianca Belair is on Raw now, Carmella is on Raw now, uh Dana Brooke I really don't I mean I, I mean again wasn't but I'm I mean was she really 
was she really on SmackDown? I mean, again, I, last time I remember her, wasn't she last paired up with uh, Shotzi? Oh, Shotzi, okay. Again, and obviously, uh, it was in the news that Corey Graves kind of came out with some not satisfactory comments about Dana Brooke. And I mean, I actually used to be a Dana Brooke fan for a small bit of time and um, fell off the bandwagon just because, yeah, she really doesn't move the needle but i mean you got tamina on smackdown as well you got i mean tamina on raw you got tegan knox on raw you got Zelina vega on raw and then if over and you look at the women over on the smackdown side you have Aaliyah, you have b5 which i'm a fan of and hit row you got sasha banks you got Shayna baszler you got shotzi you got there you go <clears throat> you know what i mean it's it's not, it's not balanced. The, the rosters aren't balanced. Zia Lee, you forgot Tony Storm and Zia Lee. Okay, I mean, which was one being the first Chinese uh, uh, Chinese wrestler in WWE. Shout out to her for that and and, and paving the way and unlocking that achievement. But you notice that, it, as to quote my favorite, one of my favorite MCU uh, villains. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Thanos. Uh, the the rosters aren't balanced. Who I mean, who other than Shanna Baszler, uh, who's really ready to really step to Charlotte or and possibly take her belt? You know what I mean? Or you know, so that's kind of that situation where I feel like SmackDown really kind of got the short end of the stick, and it, and maybe it's because the networks want all the big names to be on Raw. Um, it reminds me of the early draft era, 2002, 2003, where SmackDown had the lesser, bigger names and Raw kind of had the Triple H's and the Shawn Michaels and the and the only kind of big name that SmackDown had was The Undertaker. And then you had the SmackDown 6, you had Edge and Eddie Guerrero and uh, uh, Rey Mysterio and John Cena and that type of situation. So it, it's kind of eerily similar to to that time period where, again, all the bigger names, SmackDown kind of has the B show. Uh, I am reading the whole Dana Brooks uh, thing going on with uh, Corey Graves. Corey Graves said but after a long time, you got to cut your losses. Dana Brooks has not accomplished much of anything, which is true. And this was Dana's response. You cannot entertain everything regardless if it's indirect or direct. But people do what they do best. Talk. Y'all act like y'all going to die because somebody said something about you. It is not that deep. You cannot stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Once you entertain a clown, you become <coughs> you become one. She then had another story where she wrote you the clown, I'm a queen. But she kind of but you know what? And when we talk social media etiquette in that episode, we'll talk clapbacks and social media beef. Uh, she kind of really contradicted herself because she said that 
while you can't the last line of what she said, you know, you entertain a clown. What does it make you? It make you know what I'm saying? And she decided to entertain a clown. Let's be completely honest. Corey Graves didn't really accomplish much in his career, and that was because he ended up with an injury that ended up shortening. It probably for sure shortening his in-ring aspirations. Uh, but um, I think what only, I mean, besides, correct me if I'm wrong, he probably had an indie, he probably had an indie resume filled with things. WWE goes, he was only an NXT tag team champion before his run ended. So it's kind of the pie. I don't really know who the hell Corey Graves was. Except for a commentator, to be honest with you, he had a he had a very brief run. In, he had a very brief in ring run in NXT. I'm trying to remember who it was that he was. Neville tag- were tag team champions, right? In that very very era, in that very very new era of of NXT in its infancy. Um, so it's kind of you know to use the old southern saying is it's the pot calling the kettle black because, and I personally just dropped a video on my personal Facebook page talking about this very similar subject is that in wrestling, just like in any uh, avenue of life, you're going to get a lot of people that want to give their opinion on you and your career and your movements and what you're doing and how you're doing them. And, you know, what kind of some of what she said is true. You can't stop and, and, and throw a stone back at every person that throw a stone at you. But the best way to really to really alleviate any of that shit, and I'm sorry for the profanity if we have any youth listening, but you probably didn't heard these words in your favorite songs or cartoons. Um, the best way to kill that type of energy is, is is to show improve. When I actually used to work with kids, I remember uh, I worked for the city of Oakland, and they they used to tell us the motto was, and that's the same thing that you could apply to to wrestling. Is all right if you don't think that I have wrestling. This is Stephen Allen, and uh, we are back. Seven, thank you for joining me again. We are back from that little uh, technical difficulties that we just seem to be having since we made the show technical difficulties. But uh, you rate this? I mean, I'm pretty sure that we're all in agreement. Raw is probably like an A, and SmackDown is like a B C grade, is what I would give it. Um, I mean, again, man, I'm going to stick to my original point. Um, I think I'm going to just get a whole draft. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I think, again, they need to do away with the concept unless they um, maybe. In there. I mean, I, I feel like you remember you remember when you had Raw, SmackDown and ECW. And you remember the couple of drafts that they did where the draft picks were tied to matches that were happening that night. And af- right after the, the the match, the draft pick was given to said brand. So, like, you'd have a Raw and a SmackDown superstar face off against each other. And match would get that draft pick for their brand. And then it they threw a couple of ECW wrestlers in and – 
ECW would end up with picks. If you did that with NXT and you still had some of the names like the Bronson Reeds and the Adam Coles, then I think a draft like that would maybe work. But if it's just flip-flopping the same people between A and B from last year, then how is it really a draft? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sports. just – We talk sports a lot. It should be called the Switch Foster. Well, here's a here's a here's, and this is probably what Vince is trying to do with the whole sports entertainment thing. In the NBA, you have two rounds of that draft, and the round of that draft is really the first one, and it's said to be the first fifteen picks, the lottery picks. Um, but you sometimes. The 32nd pick is somebody that is just as good as somebody who went first. When you look at the NFL, you have seven rounds. And most people give up after, you know, the first or the second round because the bigger names go first, second round or whatever. But, again, historically, you got to where he went. And there's even a, a, an award, uh, I think it's called Mr. Irrelevant, uh I think it's the very last pick because there's over 200 picks. Yeah, so there's some people who have gained notoriety off of that draft pick. But my point is, by having more rounds, there's more suspense. You know, like I said, you get a Tom Brady or you get somebody who should have went in the first round, but they didn't go into the fourth round. Or you get an Aaron Rodgers who sat for 21 picks before he was picked by Green Bay at 22. So you get – you get stories, you get uh, 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 you you get a lot more kind of what is going to happen versus WWE where it's like the same people who have been on this brand uh, for umpteen months or the last year after October 22nd, they still going to be here, but it's going to be a big deal because they was drafted to where they was at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, I mean... I'm still waiting for he's uh he's later to be uh drafted. He has kids, damn it. Hey, he he just actually popped up in he actually popped up again in Impact and uh just uh reunited with his old tag team buddy uh Rhino. So that's nice that you actually brought him up. Um so um I think I was making a point before the technical difficulty, but I completely forgot what that point is. So let's just go ahead and Corey move Graves in. Up. That was your point in a nutshell. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, my friend, yeah, uh, take us away with the results of NXT. Okay, and uh, shout out to Fightful.com because that is the website that I'm using to bring up the results. I did watch the show. Um, so we had, uh, starting off, man, the first match was Ember Moon and Mandy Rose. Match, uh, uh, I'm Happy to see Ember Moon back in NXT. Uh, she took the L tonight. Obviously, they are. She took the L last night. Uh, obviously, they are building up Mandy Rose. But it was a good back and forth match. Um, I don't feel like Ember did or didn't get her time to shine in the match. But that was the uh, the first match. I've been noticing a, a parallel. Last week's match, uh, last week's open was B Fav and the very, very beautiful Electra Lopez of uh, Legato del Fantasma. Uh, 
Spanish is muy poquito. So uh, to our Spanish-speaking uh, uh, listeners out there, if I butchered that, I'm going to get better with it. But, uh, yeah, I just noticed that they've been opening the show with the females, with the women, and I thought that uh, we'll move on. Uh, did you any thoughts on that and match, they've brother? Been giving, and they've been giving the women decent starting matches. It's just not quick finishes. I mean, Sometimes last it's, Last week was a no disqualification match. I mean, when have we seen that on the the main roster? A no disqualification match, not just against between two women, but that open in the show. Not since the Attitude Era. <laughs> hey, so I mean, hey, they said that they was gonna be doing things different with this two rebrand, and obviously, it looks like they're they're doing that. I'm a fan of both Ember Moon and Mandy Rose. I love Mandy Rose's new look. Uh, toxic attraction. I don't like Gigi. I'll be straight out there. I don't like Gigi. I didn't even like her when she was Priscilla Kelly or whatever her name was. Yep. I wasn't a fan of her back then. Like, I'm just not a fan of her. I I love her ex-husband, Darby Allen. He's freaking amazing. I'm just not a fan of her, though. I mean, hey, everybody's not a fan of somebody. And I love Toxic Attraction if they would get rid of her. You know, I think we had a really good spot, a really good filler in that spot. Frankie Monet. Frankie Monet. Elaborate for us, sir. Go ahead. Speak your mind. Uh, uh, Frankie Monet, a.k.a. Ty Valkyrie, I just feel like she could really pull off that gimmick that they're trying to they're trying to do a whole goth version of the beautiful people you can't convince me that's not their gimmick mean girls that's what i'm really did yeah. that's, that's the vibe i get is it's mean girls it's that really really cute girl in school that everybody was after and her really kind of semi all right friends or if you turn your head quick enough will you think one of them is cute Really pull up on her, you'd be like, "Oh, she ain't the cutest one," but she run with Gigi the cutest one in school. Gigi is that dude? That's I'm what not, they. I'm not trying to insult anyone, but Gigi looks like a fucking method. Hey, I mean, it 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 really looks like the. And I, yeah, I watched Mean Girls. That was called Plastics. It looks like a plastic and too emo. And I'm sorry for you know what I'm saying. Uh, if I ruffle anybody's feathers by using the word emo, but uh, it just looked like it looks like the the popular girl made a deal with two, you know what I'm saying? Or and there that's what it. I I like it. It is it's actually grown on me. Um, I remember at first I didn't like the I didn't like the 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 new hair and and the, the tight the tight jawed. Uh, grin that she had on her face or the expression that she had on her face but i like the new gear i think that she's and she's talked about i mean i love the new i love the new mandy i thought blonde mandy was amazing then you give me brunette mandy i'm like okay uh right but i think the bigger thing is she the bigger the bigger i don't know man or she did talk about this and it was in the news is that you know she's embracing this opportunity to go back to NXT um so that she can actually be uh balanced as all things should be um good in the ring as well as being on the mic and and, and you know 
being balanced as a wrestler. So, I mean, I look at that opportunity. I look at her taking this opportunity as a good one. And I think that, yeah, you could have put, um, you could have put Frankie Monet with, uh, with these two. I honestly think that Frankie Monet, if you wanted to put her with anybody, I'd actually put her with the Robert Stone brand since it seems like he's had people who haven't really accomplished much. So if you have somebody like her who I mean Aaliyah was part of the brand, wasn't she? Aaliyah was I think the first and then it was who was it? It was after that. It was Aaliyah first and then I think it was somebody else after that. And now is uh oh I think it's just one of them situations where, you know, when you're booking and trying to fit people into spots sometimes it's not it's a what-if situation, but I think, yeah, honestly, if I had to put Frankie with somebody, it would be the Robert Stone brand because that's actually his gimmick is like, all right, you have this brand, sir, but your brand really ain't accomplishing nothing. So by getting somebody like that, now it's like, I, you know, I might actually have my golden ticket. I might have my golden goose now, you know what I mean? So I think that if that's what they're trying to go for with that that gimmick, that would have been the person to put. And it still could possibly happen. You know, she could win, and then he could end up popping up and being like, hey, you know, uh, Robert Stone. Well, isn't he, isn't he managing? Does it? Don't they have something going on? I haven't really been keeping up with the next season. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it's weird because – the 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 rebrand and then what you had going on before it, it used to, it's kind of it's kind of a weird point right now it's a new start point like i know i've been paying attention since the rebrand it started i was i was paying attention before the you know the the wednesday night war was over um you know more when Finn that came back down and whatnot but uh i think like i said we'll we'll, we'll do some side research into to, to the robert stone robert brent you know stone brand thing but uh, so, next uh match, what was the second match next match is odyssey jones and la knight uh another nice you know what i'm saying match card this was actually maybe some of my first real odyssey jones a full match getting to see another big man who has gotten comparisons to mark henry um physically uh appearance wise i can see why um and maybe in some of the moves as well uh then we also had a appearance from andrew chase uh I still don't really know how to feel about that guy or that gimmick, but a good, good back and forth match between uh, Jones and Knight and. uh, Yeah. Which they, you know, they're, they are, they are really making sure that they, they push him Um, uh, again. If you don't know who he was before. XT, he was uh, Eli Drake from impact or TNA. Uh, I like him a lot because of his. Uh, here's a part of his uh, gimmick I really like. If you pay attention to his boots, his boots are Jordan uh, inspired. And I picked up on that when he was in Impact. And that was a nice little kind of, all right, I kind of like this dude. Uh, and, and, and he wrestled. I, I just him. love his look. And I love how he kind of kept the. Remember when he was in Impact and he would do E. Lie. Drake. I thought it was the greatest thing ever, and he still does it with the whole L.A. night. Yeah, I mean, 
good at what he does. Him and Cameron got. That was a nice. That was a nice uh that was a nice feud that really kind of worked. I actually would have wanted to see them actually team up, maybe stay in or you know, I just always think like, oh man, them two dudes together, you know, again, I'm always thinking like, oh, that would be a nice new tag team for the tag team division, you know what I mean? Or at least had him have Ted some kind of, as their manager. Hey, why not? You know what I'm saying? You know, but uh um, million dollar night. Right, that's that's actually a really good tag team name. The billion dollar, you could have called them the billion dollar. The so many different directions that you could have went with that, but I think that again, night built up. Um, and I thought it was interesting that again, like we just mentioned, you know, NXT before this rebrand, I was kind of wondering if they was moving, um. Moving him, you know, was maybe strapping the the, the, the jetpack to his back too fast, and and trying to push I him he was up there. Be the next champion. Yeah, that's what I mean. I thought that he was gonna come in and kind of just end up with it, um, but obviously they are, you know, kind of uh, tempering that, and I think that that's cool because I think that a lot of times when you do that, it kind of really. It, it, it kind of alienates things. It kind of makes things really weird when you kind of do do that. But, um, again, he picked up the W tonight. So I do want to see a program with him and Braun Breaker. I think it's coming. I think you got to be patient. Um, same thing with him, but we'll get to him because I'm, I'm very, very much uh, in favor of him. Uh, next match uh, or next, well, we had some – Backstage segments in between. Uh, we had a backstage interview with Cameron Grimes. Uh, with Grimes, he talked about uh, being on his quest for some for some love and affection. And uh, Indy and uh, Dex uh, were involved in that. And then uh, Grimes went over to go talk to, or no, he talked about them, or you know, as inspiration, you know, relationship goals. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And then went over to go uh, talk to two women. So he was getting his macking on. And ain't nothing. Well, fishing. Uh, we also had Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner with a uh, segment backstage. You know, just trying to figure out what's been going on. Uh, I guess with them helping each other out and them trying to, you know, be on the same page and Kyle telling him that, you know, he can handle his own, uh, his own, you know. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa cut a, came out and cut a promo, and, and uh, that's where we got Mr. Breaker um, came out and uh, basically let his intentions be known for Halloween. And uh, let's – I mean, did you get to see that interaction between them two or – I have not seen anything yet. Okay. Well, I mean, it – in. What I will say about Brian is uh, he is his – that's his uncle, right? Steiner is his uncle or, is it, or that's his dad? Rick's his dad. Scott's his uncle. Right, okay. He is his daddy's son. He is he is his daddy's son. Like, the mannerisms, the he does the bounce. He does the bob. He, uh, he sounds like his pops. He got the, you know what I'm saying? He got the, the lineup like his pops. He came out with the leather jacket like his pops. I hope he comes out with a tiger at some point like his pops. That what is. I, what I've seen, though, he's his uncle on the mic. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's where I kind of 
was messed up a little bit earlier. Yeah, when he gets on the mic, you know what I'm saying? You can hear you can hear Steiner. You know what I'm saying? You can hear it in his in his vernacular. Um, but I, I like I said uh, of night or you know, uh you you wanna you wanna worry maybe that they putting the jetpack on him on him too fast. I didn't think that he would be getting a title match this soon. But again, I think but that they're at the same time it's with the whole Gable Stevenson like going right. crazy. And I'm glad Rogers. you I'm glad you brought that up, brother. Go ahead and go ahead and elaborate on if, that. If they have it, they have it. If it's gonna make the fan pop and gonna get over and not be a total failure if Braun Breaker becomes NXT champion at Halloween Havoc, do it. I mean I'm trying to think. Kevin Owens. Kevin freaking Owens, first on the main roster, beat John Cena for the, the United States title. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite NXT call-ups and and kind of uh, scuffles um, of of all time. Honestly, uh, that greatest, was done really, really well. NXT call-up. Uh, I. I uh, I it's on my list. It's probably tied with uh, with Finn because Finn came up and and to Monday Night Raw and faced Roman Reigns uh, in the main event that night. So I don't know. I think I don't think it was the main event, but the, his first match on Raw was against Roman Reigns. No, and I, his, no uh, his second match on Raw was against Roman Reigns. Okay, because you're Freddy. right. It was the main event. It was in the main event after he won a Fatal Four Way. Exactly on. right. Then he would. But I would say first. Face, uh, I'm saying first. I'm saying first singles match. But again, yeah, he was in that before in that. But I mean, again, I think that that was was big because that was at the time where Roman was at the you know at the, at the top of the world, and for Finn to come up, somebody that gave who us had, the greatest interaction ever when uh, Roman Reigns said. Good luck to Finn Balor, and Finn Balor looked at him and said, "I don't need it. I'm Irish." Exactly. That's what I mean. It was one of those um, things, especially because Finn was somebody who, like Johnny Gargano that we talked about earlier, uh, like Tommaso Ciampa, he was one of those individuals that talk about not never wanting to go to the main roster and wanting to stay in NXT for the duration of, you know what I'm saying, uh, his career. So, And he's an indie darling. Right. And then we've seen him come back. But I think what we're talking about with Brian Breaker and especially with Tommaso Ciampa um, and Gargano and Ciampa, hear how I hear, watch how I connect these dots. Um, Ciampa is in a situation of being the, not necessarily the old yeller, uh, but he is the vet in this situation. And in that, and maybe he has aspirations to, to go and leave WWE and leave NXT. And maybe it's not for the main roster. Maybe it's for Impact or Japan or AEW. And maybe they do decide or he decides the belt to, uh, to Brian because, again, as we kind of pull and the belt. Have you back, seen how much talent you bring that up? Have you seen how much talent is really not just going to AEW? They're going to other promotions too, like Impact has Heath Slater, GCW has Matt Cardona, and as of yesterday or today, uh, AJ Lee is with WOW Wrestling. I'm not quite for sure on her role, but he's with the Women of Wrestling. 
Um, yeah, it, there's not much uh, detail in her role, but I, you know what? I mean, I think that AEW can't sign everybody, and and honestly, I don't want to see them sign everybody. Uh, you know, uh, one person who I really have my fingers crossed that impacts signs is, is Bray Wyatt. There's kind of conflicting that uh, either he's had talks with them or there there's no talks with them and that but I honestly believe that is a really great place um you know I sit back in as a Dude, as a Bray Wyatt versus Christian I mean you know or or uh you have there's there's a lot that you could there's a lot that you could do in in NXT uh with Bray Wyatt another name out there is the you know formerly uh, known as Brian Strowman, but going by his government name, Adam Shear now is also day by day rumored to be uh, bound for AEW. Uh, Impact is interested. Uh, I'm also hearing that WWE is saying that if we, you know, well, if we want him back, then he'd be back already. But obviously, I think that that's just them keeping they they name in the in the arena of being able to get him. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Gargano has made the kind of indirect but direct mention on his social, on his Twitter of, of not being associated with WWE and NXT. Maybe we could see Tommaso Ciampa do the same thing. But we pulled a veil back here, and usually in a situation like this with Braun and, and, and Ciampa, their wrestler, whether they're about to retire, Something else will find, you know, a younger potential in and, and take that L and essentially put them over uh, to use the term. And this might be one of those situations where Champa else is behind NXT right now believes that this dude is. And I mean, like we talked about with Roman and Big E and Master. The NXT roster right now is say besides maybe LA Knight, who else is for you know what I'm saying the NXT you know mountaintop? You got Pete Dunn. If it would have, if Pete Dunn was gonna be NXT champion, it would have freaking happened by now. Right. So uh I think he's about done with the company as well. Uh, I mean, I think you know, with the with the folding of or whatever NXT UK, I think that yeah, um, Pete Dunn has been in so many great, not only just NXT Championship matches, but NXT North American uh, Championship matches and NXT UK. Yeah, Even so Tyler Bates, oh my god! And have you yes. seen his stuff from Progressive? Yes, I have. I watched a lot of Pete Dunn before he, um, before he, uh, or before he signed, and then when he signed, I watched even more just to really make sure that I understood. I love Mustache Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, let's move on. Uh, so after Braun and uh, Breaker, after Breaker and Champ, uh, they're a uh, little meeting in the middle of the ring, and and. Confirmed that, yeah, it's going down in Halloween Havoc. We got a, another tape promo from this Joe uh, Gacy guy. Um, I thought this gimmick. Joe Wayne I thought, Gacy? I thought that dude was dead. No, 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 no. Joe Gacy. This, uh, oh. this. 
social this this woke uh yeah 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 we got this and and i'm what i've been wondering so the first promo that this guy dropped directly after dropping the promo they social media went crazy in, in a negative way and it was decided that they were supposed to cancel the gimmick and then now three weeks in a row there's been promos from this dude um on the show so i'm wondering if they He's and he the also had talked at the index wedding isn't he yes uh-huh. and the suit and tie mm-hmm. i'm not a fan um i'm not a fan either and it's not because uh, I'm not a fan because, as we talked about earlier, um, you know, whether you use events or using current situations to try to get over, um, I'm not really a fan of that unless you really kind of do it in a way that, well, obviously, you not offend anybody. I mean, the best example that I could think of for my time was the Muhammad uh Muhammad Hussein when they did the the Arab gimmick after 9/11 and you know even when they had the was it the Un-Americans it was Christian Pest and Lance in, in that same time frame when the flag and and being patriotic and being American was was a big thing so obviously maybe that's why you do it um but this in the era that we now with woke and cancel culture and all of that, I don't really, I don't really feel like there's anybody that's sitting back that wants to see that represented for them to be like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm woke, so a woke would be dope. I think maybe on the indies where you go city to city, maybe that's a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? But I think that would work. I think that would work on the indies. Yeah, I think that I think in again another episode for the future where we'll talk the difference between gimmicks for WWE and gimmicks for the for the, for the indies and highlight some of the ones that you know fizzled out or or didn't really apply to WWE that are just much better for the indies because there are there is a difference. Danhausen. Yeah, we could go on and on, but let's move on. So, uh, Gacy had a match against, and I'm gonna butcher this name, uh, Akeemen Gyro. Uh, I believe I've seen some of him, I actually seen him last week. Uh, Gacy How took Gacy look, um, looks good. I'm, 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 he's. A big guy like us, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, obviously I'm going to pay attention to that. But, I mean, he, he did good. And he looks like he looks better wrestling than he does cutting these really creepy um, woke promos. So maybe, again, maybe these were – I'm not saying – I'm like maybe maybe these promos are just pre-taped, you know what I'm saying, or – and they're just trying to use them up. So, it, but I, I just I don't know. It was said that the gimmick was supposed to be canceled, but obviously not. So let's move on to uh, let's move on. We had uh, Cora Jade and Frankie Monet. So we talked about some Frankie earlier. Uh, seen that match as well. Frankie one actually Corey Jade actually took this one so again building up new names building up new talent I didn't know who Corey Jade was um so getting to see her 
um, getting to be more familiar with her ability in the ring. She looked well. So, you again, like as we talk about these champions and who they have to fight, you know, maybe Cora Jade is a future, you know, NXT women's champion or at least a contender in the division. Um, I was surprised if you see Frankie take the L, but I mean, how how do how do you feel about what you are hearing about Frankie? I mean, I'm okay with it because she just took the L last week too to Raquel Gonzalez, didn't she? Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I think again, in the same way that we talked about LA Knight, you could have this person come in. So obviously, Ty Valkyrie on. Um, She's in Lucha Underground. Um, her husband is is uh, Johnny or not Mundo, Johnny Morrison or Johnny Drip Drip or Johnny Mundo. He's I like Johnny because everywhere he goes, he comes up with a different nick for himself. You know what I'm saying? It's usually he Johnny. He comes up with a different last name. Johnny, Johnny something. I like that. I mean, again, because that's branded. You know what I'm saying? His, you know, so. Uh, but what I was saying is that you could Johnny have her come Nitro in. was my favorite version of him. Uh, I gotta say, Johnny Mundo was my favorite uh version, followed up by Johnny Impact. Well, yeah, I, I did. That's because you're a mark, you are a mark for Lucha Underground. That is, I'm probably one of the only ones left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm probably one of the only Lucha Underground fanatics left. But the point that I'm making is, is that naturally you won't. Frankie or Ty, as you still, if you still consider her Ty, see him come in and run through everybody. But nine times out of ten, it's better for them to take a couple of L's and build up the fan base because then if you just kind of really come in and immediately strap this jet back to their back, then it's like, okay, well, six months from now when they didn't ran through everybody and have been champion eight times in four months, you know what I'm saying? What is there? What what else do you want to see them do? Uh, no, I don't want to see them be in the tag team. I want to see them get the belt again. But they just had it for eight times in four months, you know what I mean? So what do yeah. you, you know, you, you – I think in today's era, um, short attention span, is 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 really the number one enemy of booking because if you you know you're older just as old as me you remember how long storylines and feuds went back in the day and one of my best examples was Dude, uh, back in the 80s wrestlemania was booked from wrestlemania to wrestlemania right and feuds went from year to year i mean shit flair and 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 dusty shit through what every year in the 80s you know what i'm saying was beefing so you know or, or or even in the you know even when i really like religiously started watching uh Austin and uh and triple h that was a whole what almost year long maybe even two year long storyline between and it was me, Austin. It was always me. You know what I mean? So you had even Rock and Austin, and you know, you had long kind of drawn storylines. You had rubber matches. Uh, you had three, at least three. You had trilogies. You know what I'm saying? You had, you know, The Rock and, and Austin had what, three WrestleMania matches or maybe two WrestleMania matches in they feud. Um, and you know, be. Uh, you have the match the first time, then the next three pay per views are the is the trilogy. Nah, space that trilogy out. Exactly, boxing is boxing is his story. Is, is 
was like bred on that, was built, was so and so fight, you know, a year, six months later, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, uh, uh, we're going to have another they, one. That's what they should have done for uh, Rollins and Edge. No lie, they should have announced it for uh, the Royal Rumble, should have been the second Edge and Rollins. You, I mean, not the SmackDown. It's great that you bring up Rollins and Edge because you, they did it with Rollins and uh, Orton, you know, between the first match that uh, Orton had and, and Edge had when they came back, the, the cinematic match, to when he came back around, you know what I'm saying? Like, they they stretched it out then, and it it, it, it felt like, okay, man, wow, you know. Cool. I'm, he's back, and he, and he and he didn't forget about what Orton did to him. So that's what I mean. Like, you would maybe want to see it get back to that. That's why I was saying with uh, with Brian with Breaker. You know, strapping on him now wouldn't maybe stretch out with him and Champ Champa. You know what I'm saying? Maybe do what they used to do, and they comment or and I think they haven't done it in a long time. Maybe put them two. In a in a in a an uneasy tag team together, and maybe put the tag belts on him. You know what I'm saying, and then have them. Triple H and they, John, I mean John Cena and Shawn Michaels was my favorite one. John Cena and Shawn Michaels did that. Batista and uh, no, 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 it wasn't. Batista and Eddie. Batista and Eddie. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Edge and Benoit at one point did that. You know what I'm saying? Where it was like. You know, I think that that's something that hasn't been done trope, a trope that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, so, you know, we'll see what they do. Um, you know, uh, let's move on. We had Pete Dunn with Ridge Holland. Uh, we didn't even speak, we didn't even talk about Ridge Holland getting up, uh, and being drafted to, to SmackDown. Um, but shout out to him for doing that. So it was Ridge, uh, Ridge Holland with Pete Dunn versus Cameron Grimes. Uh, Pete Dunn ended up taking the match. Uh, I'm surprised Ridge, Ridge Holland got called up without Pete Dunn. I mean, I'm surprised Ridge Holland got called up at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm not really all that familiar with his NXT work. So I'm, it sounds like he's probably longer than, you know, L.A. Knight or uh, uh, some of the newer cats that we've been talking about. But at the same time, um, I just think, again, I wouldn't say it was a wasted draft pick. But, again, you look at who came up from NXT to hit row. You had Holland and who else came up? Uh, Damn, I feel like I'm blanking. That was it. Is a hit row, Holland, and Zia Lee. oh Zaya Lee. That's who I keep blanking on. Zaya. Uh, maybe I would have traded out Zaya for uh, Eo Shirai, but I is in a tag team right now and is one part of the tag team champions. So, you know, I mean, again, just if I'm looking for shock in the draft, some of these other names, like again, I think the Zaya Lee thing is great. Um, but I would have wanted to see in the women's division of NXT a little bit longer and be a, a contender to a Frankie or a, a, a 
Rhea, yeah, I mean not Rhea, um uh, Gonzalez. Wasn't Zylee, wasn't Zylee no, she hasn't. You thinking about you thinking about uh Eo Shirai. Yeah, so um, is that who uh Yeah, that is correct. What happened after the Rich Holland match? Um, so uh, so it wasn't so uh Pete Dunn, Cameron Grimes, uh Kyle O'Reilly ended up coming out and getting involved, which then ended up bringing out uh uh, 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 uh what's his name? Uh, 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 Von Wagner, uh and you know, for the save and, and trying to, you know, get in the good graces of Kyle, but um just more of that. Um, uh, Pete and Ridge actually tried to lay uh, Kyle out, and that's why uh, Von came to save him. We got a video promo after that from this Tony D'Angelo, uh, who is debuting next week with the, uh, I guess you could say, uh, stereotypical Italian gimmick. Uh, let's see and how it goes. I actually seen a really, really funny meme uh, earlier today. It was a picture of, I think the character's name was Sonny. And there's a Robert, is it, is it Robert De Niro? I think it's a, uh, the, a Bronx Tale. And it had a picture of the son who was named Sonny and the black girl that he was with. Because uh, I guess... Uh, they had D'Angelo and Lash Williams together in the segment last night. So I think that's kind of really funny playing on that Italian kind of uh, heritage or what he's going for in the gimmick. Uh, we also had the video package by uh, Hit Road Tours or Gato Del Tasmo. Um, started the show and had a, a video situation. Um, Tony D'Angelo actually had his match tonight. It, my bad. I'm I'm so bad with this. Uh, D'Angelo actually won uh, his match. Uh, it, it looked good. You know what I'm saying? It, it it looked good. I think that again, like I said, building up this new talent against Malik Blade, who I hadn't really seen much of as well. So again, like I said, I think I feel like I've gotten on board at a very good time. I'm one of those people who hasn't seen any before, you know what I'm saying? So to get this new kind of generation in and, and uh, it's been cool. So after that, we had a backstage interview with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. I don't know if you've seen any of Carmelo Hayes or Trick Williams, but I'm a big fan of those two. I'm a huge fan as well. Okay, okay. Um, so then... Yeah, so they were just challenging or, you know, ahead of uh, challenging for the tag team titles because the main event, as we get to it, will be the uh, will be a, a nice big match for the tag team titles. We had uh, some more indie, uh, some more indie Hartwell. Uh, she had a match against me and I'm butchering this name as well. Me Ying and Boa. Uh, or B-O-A in all capitals. But if, if I sound that out, that's probably BOA. Uh, Hartwell took the match. 
so again, like I said, building up, uh, just got married and now she's winning matches left and right. Uh, yeah. So then the, the backstage segment that I was talking about with, with, uh, Tony, uh, he lobbies with Brandon, the last Williams and talked about wanting to be on her show. I don't know if you've seen her, um, she hasn't wrestled yet, but she has this, and I've seen some people be critical of it. Uh, she has this Wendy yes, Williams. I know what you are talking about. She has this this Wendy Williams on her. vibe to her. Um, and I've seen some people say that uh, it's kind of stereotypical of black women to to be, you know, or or kind of, yeah, it's kind of stereotypical because uh, we're more, black women are more than just gossip rags. See, that's the thing with representation real quick is that, you know, as we want to see our people and we want to see people like us on TV, but then we we, we want it in a certain way. Like we don't want uh, a, 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 a thugged out, best uh, uh, example I can think of, we don't want a crime time representation. We want this holier than thou representation when to be completely honest as a black man I can attest to black women knowing and talking about people so it kind of fits the it's not really a stereotype so much as it's part of what we do <laughs> so the people that are mad right now because her gimmick is a gossipy black girl with a talk show That's kind of what y'all do, you know what I mean? So I think that Very that's kind of cool. Um, so then after that, we got a, a video package for the members of Diamond Mind. Uh, again, that promo, that stable, I think had, I think Diamond Mind could be the new um, Undisputed Era. You know, I think that they can basically be really kind of being dominant. Uh, I could see. Possibly all of them have it. The NXT belts, and they like have it. a girl, and they have a girl. They have a girl. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I could definitely see them developing into that, and you need that. Um, I guess maybe if you want to say uh, the Legato group right now is the the next kind of down. Now I would love to see Diamond Mind in, in the Legato faction up against these Yeah. Um, so uh, next up, Ra Raquel uh, Gonzalez, the NXT Women's Champion, was interviewed in the ring. She talked about uh, toxic attraction running up on her last week and, and going crazy on her. Um, she's then interrupted by uh, the trio again. And uh, this is before E.L. Shirai and Zoe Stark uh, have their uh, their match. Um or no, they just kind of showed, yeah, they, you know, showed up. Uh, and even the odds, you know, and, and Toxic Attraction pulled up out of there. So, again, you know, as much as you don't like Toxic Attraction, I actually like them. And I think that they're doing a good job of. No, I like Toxic Attraction. I hate Gigi. Okay. Well, you know, speak your mind, brother. You know, let it be known. Everyone else. uh and toxic attraction, I see why they're over. I just don't like Gigi. I've never liked her. I, 
She looks like the person that's trying to blow a cigarette at Walmart. <laughs> he said she looked like the person trying to blow a cigarette at Walmart. Damn. Damn. I mean, earlier, I straight called her a meth head. She looks like a meth head. You know that. I mean, actually, you know, uh, it's funny that you. It's funny. It's it's very funny that you bring that up right now because the Facebook in the Facebook wrestling group that we are part of, uh, Fired Up Nation, which uh, we uh, love shouting out. uh, There's actually. I know we actually. Sky blue. We actually have a a, somebody has a, a. now of who is more attractive, uh, the more attractive one between AEW's Sky Blue and Gigi Dolan, and a lot. And surprisingly, Gigi Dolan last time I checked was winning uh, the little poll that was going on. So uh, shout out to that group as well. Um, shout out to George Bishop, the the owner and, and creator of that group, who is. Put- Future guest on the show as well, man. We always gonna plug who we rock with. Um, but uh let's move on to the last and the biggest part of the match or the card last night was the WWE NXT Tag Team Championship four-way elimination match. We had MSK, the champions versus Briggs and Jensen versus the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Trick Williams and Carmelo. Hayes. So I did see this match. Um, a lot of really, really great action. I mean, again, you had four different teams in this match. Uh, Fatal Four. And so obviously teams was getting eliminated out. Um, champions came out on top. Um, this was my I, I've seen Brig. I've haven't really, I haven't really seen any of Briggs and Jensen up until this point, so it was actually kind of like my intro to them. Um, I've seen some MMA. Um, it was, I mean, like I said, everybody got they got they shine in in the match. Everybody kind of had moments in the match where you thought that they could win, and it was, it was a good match. And I think that again, like I said, you have in this one match, you got four different tag teams for NXT. Four. You know what I mean? Versus what we talked about with the main roster, you know, when's the last time you've seen on one brand a, a fatal four-way element? You know? Very true. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so uh, as their tag team titles, they're doing a really great job of defending those things and being another one of those things. Uh, I think, Do you, you know, know what honestly, MSK stands for? I was going to let you get to that, brother. I was just about to give you the ball. I was saying that I think that MSK has the capability to go down um, as one of the greatest uh, NST, NXT tag team champions because when we can get into this later, but that those belts have a long prestigious list of, of partners, you know what I mean? And I think that these two um, can definitely... Uh, we are going to be doing a championship deep dive. Yeah. Um, uh, but go ahead uh, and... Uh, but yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and enlighten them on what MSK stands for. MSK stands for those marijuana smoking kids. 
And you know what? They did make a, you know, they did make a, a, a very nice, uh, uh, one of them did make a very nice weed re- and uh, to smoke. And then that's when it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That do stand for what it stand for. And I remember for a very long time, I didn't know what the MSK stand, stood for. Uh, remember when they were the rascals? Yes, I do. And uh, when they I became, beat them as the rascals. They yeah, and when they people. when they became MSK, the popular theory was the Mean Street Kids. Which, okay, yeah, but I like the I, I like what it actually stands for. <laughs> so, um, and then after that match, again, uh, you, you can't but love Imperium uh, came out, laid out MSK. And then actually Briggs and Jensen ran them off. So, again, you see how you had four tag teams in that match, and then you have Imperium pop up, and that's essentially a fifth tag team. So you see the difference in how tag teams are used and utilized between the main roster and NXT. But that was pretty much uh, the show for uh, last night. It's Thursday and, and, you know, but again, that's what was going. I mean, no, it's Wednesday today. It's about to be Thursday. I'm all over the place with things. I apologize to anybody else. If you're in my time zone, it is Thursday. Right. So, you know, uh, one other thing I want to talk about, uh, I just saw it come across my news page. Do you know why? Did you hear about Kevin Owens not wanting to win the? Intercontinental Champion. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Kevin Owens, obviously by his name, was a huge fan of Owen Hart. Him and Owen Hart have both been Intercontinental Champion twice, and they both have held the Intercontinental Championship on the same number of days. They're both from Canada, born on the same day. Yep. And uh, in this, the article that read about that, um, if you don't if you don't know, Kevin he was Kevin Steen on the Indies before he got to WWE, and then when he got to WWE, he added the Owens part to his name, and a lot of people uh, were highly critical of it. I don't like it, and then he divulged that it is the basically it's the amalgamation of his son, his son's name, and then his uh, his paying homage to to Owen Hart. So uh, speaking think, of that, Owen Hart is all elite, right? They're coming out with Owen Hart action figure, and he's gonna be in the video game, but. And they're also doing a tournament. They are. My whole thing is Martha Hart doesn't want her husband's name away from wrestling. She just wants her husband's name away from the WWE because ultimately that's the company that did kill him. Well, true. uh, You know, and and I could understand, you know, you you could understand anybody's. Feelings of wanting to be disassociated from a, a, a company who, you know, to blame for it. Because I actually seen a video not too long ago that actually talked about that. Because I was too young. 
I was too young and I wasn't a fan. You know, I wasn't an active fan at that point when that happened. I think that I was maybe young enough to remember hearing about it being mentioned on the news, but I wasn't cognitive to like, oh, damn, you know, or I wasn't a fan of Owen to really, and I don't think I seen it you know, as live, like some people actually got to see it, but I seen a video recently that said that the heart, that the harness and the setup that they used was actually not for a human. It was actually supposed to be used for livestock or animals or something like that. So one of those logistical situations where they probably shouldn't have been doing it. And yeah, you know, given that uh, blue, Whole kind of situation. Now I can understand why people feel like WWE is at fault because, yeah, if you're using a, a harness and a setup for an animal when it's actually a, a human. And a lot of people describe that the harness was super easy to detach. Right, which, you know, and, again, you know, so I can get it. I, I think that, again, I think AEW is doing a great job being as we as we like to say or as it originated in black culture for the culture um they're all about professional wrestling i mean from the first all out and you know speaking of the first all out do you remember who introduced the AEW championship bret hart and that's a perfect so example, family. and that's a perfect example of what I'm saying about being for the culture, uh, making sure that everybody in professional wrestling is, is represented. I mean, like you said, the first All Out show had a I mean, had NWA, uh, had the NWA World, you know, World's Heavyweight Champion on it. You saw Thunder Rosa when had she the was, Ring of Honor on it as right. well when. Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle faced right. off for it. Right. And so at that all out, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he wear Macho Man Slim Jim attire? Yep. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So they're doing a really great job of being for the culture. And 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 I, I keep emphasizing for the culture because just like being a nerd is considered culture, and there is a lot of culture that has come from being a nerd. Uh you know, there's wrestling is a culture and there's a lot of uh, catchphrases and, and in your windows and and T-shirts and, you know, the, the, the too sweet uh, uh, hand gesture. My, is, is, my is, favorite is, T-shirt, though, is by okay. Fuller and Elbow. Have you seen have you seen the only marks? Yep. Mm-hmm. It takes a certain website's logo. And instead of saying fans, it says Mark. And I, I love it. I think it's super funny. Yeah, and I mean, and and here's another example of what I mean about uh, culture. Um, they can intersect each other. Uh, I, I remember when I, but when the Oakland Raiders were still here in town, I remember seeing a guy dressed up uh, in what was a Macho Man inspired uh, costume, but it was. Raider, obviously, it was basically like a crossover of Macho Man and the Raider colors, and he had a fake belt, and he actually even had the Macho Man impression down, and I ended up taking a picture with him. Or um, just seeing Bullet Club shirts 
games and being able to hold up, you know, the two, you know, hold up the two sweet and people actually, and you have people who would know what the fuck was going on. And you have other people being like, what, what is, what, what is this gang affiliation that you got going on? That's a whole level of culture. Uh, seeing someone shirt one time and not only did they too sweet me, they did the too sweet, ha ha ha, too sweet, ha ha ha. I was like, oh right. my God. And and then they also did the B elite B B elite. I was like, yeah. okay, you get you get the whole Bullet Club atmosphere, right? But so ladies a, and gentlemen, yeah. So in a way, it's a it's a it's an inside it's an inside kind of I guess joke if you want to call it. But then at the same time, it's it's a it's a it's an outside thing as well because you know you you won't know unless you know. Um, but. You know, I think the AEW is again, like I said, doing a great job of being for the culture. Nice Hamilton reference, by the way. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, again, that's what and that's what we are about here is just again trying to be the the virgin point, the nexus uh, point for uh, you know comics and 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 you. We've talked about the parallels with. There's more and more um, parallels every day, you know, and ultimately, man, that's what that's what we we should be doing is creating more community and creating creating more uh, culture between people. That, who... Go ahead, that brother. Is Go very ahead. true. Uh, that is very true. But I was just going to transition because it's my favorite part of the show. It's the time we get to talk nerdy. Have you seen about the dub, the DC FanCon? Yes, Fan I actually coming. had posted. I actually had posted on our Facebook page. Please go ahead and um, check out our Facebook page. Um, but I had posted about that a couple of days ago, and then I actually left it out of my nerd report. So I was actually very glad that you brought it up so that we could talk about that. We're gonna get more info about the Flash movie. Yes, um, it sounds like we're about to get a lot of info about a lot of things. As um, as I've been alluding into the nerd report, uh, Marvel is the ones that have had this year on lock. Um, obviously, with Black, our, our obviously with Black Widow finally dropping uh, earlier this year. Eternals is coming. What if? Uh, what if uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? If you uh, want to go ahead and count and WandaVision, Loki, if you want to count uh, uh, Sony's uh, Venom movie, you know, Venom 2 as well. So Marvel has really kind of had 2021, but 2022 is the year of DC um, because a lot of their movies are dropping next year. The Flash movie drops next year. You have. Um, the Robert Pattinson Batman movie drops next year. Uh, Black Adam, Black next Adam year. drops next year. Um, so 2022 is is definitely on deck to possibly be DC's year. But uh, Fandom is pretty much the uh, the DC equivalent to uh, San Diego Comic Con because San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con for the Marvel side of things is pretty much like the big. Cons where we get a lot of trailers and a lot of information on on the MCU, so it's it's kind of dope that DC is just recently. I think this is maybe the second fandom that 
done. This is a new concept and a new thing for them. They didn't really have nothing like this before. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that that's a, a, a dope uh, thing. It's a big lineup of, of people. Uh, I know some of a lot of the actors from the movies that we mentioned uh, will be a part of the panels and, and everything. So I think that that's big for the DC fans, man. Um, if I had to say on the DC side of things, which project am I most excited for? Um, I think I'm most excited for this Robert thing because I want to see it's a younger it's, it's a younger version of the Batman character it's a Batman character uh, or a story that's not um, a J it's a it's not parallel to what we've seen in the Justice League movies and all of that it's kind of like its own little kind of separate corner of the the multiverse so I think that that's kind of cool whenever you can kind of get a character that doesn't have to run off of what we kind of already know. And then we also know Ben Affleck is going to make his last appearance as Batman in the Flash movie because he's done playing Batman. So that leaves the door open for a brand new fan cast and casting of Batman in the DCEU. But, I mean, what are you looking forward to on the DC side of things? Flashpoint. Oh, live-action Flashpoint. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of. I'm Alexander Hamilton with my co host, Aaron Burr. Stefan, do you have any final sta- statements for the night? Um, I mean, again, hey, check us out on, on Facebook. We we need your interaction. We we, we post uh, the links to Anchor on there. We post the Nerd Report on there, which is usually me. Um, but just we also need your comments. We need your likes. We need your feedback. We got over 150 likers and followers, so we have an audience now, man, and we need y'all feedback to know who y'all want to see on the show, what y'all want to see on the show, and um, – you know, as we always, you know, close out the show, just, uh, hey, nerd out. Never, ever refuse your dreams. Uh, and my final statement for the night is don't throw away your shot. Ladies and gentlemen, you all have a wonderful day, wonderful evening, wonderful afternoon. If you're taking a poop, you have a wonderful time doing that. We are over and out. <laughs>